Hello everyone. Welcome. <laughs> uh, uh, today I would like to talk about women. That reminds you of something. known power that exists in uh, practitioners. Uh, just for the sake of talking about it, let's call it the energy that keeps you on the path. Okay. The energy that keeps you practicing. Where does it come from? How is it that sometimes we feel it and sometimes we don't. Is it that sometimes we have it and sometimes we don't? And then when the times we don't have it, how do we go get it? Uh, because it seems to be a very important thing to have on the path. Uh, it's connected to um, remember that debate, I don't know if many of you uh, took that, that course that talks about, uh, how is it called now? Which course was that? The course that talks about, uh, where's the debate about what is the nature of, of, of taking a vow? What course is that? Anybody remember that course? Is it form or is it not form? Well, you all look like I'm talking <laughs> 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 from out of space or something. <laughs> the ethical life. What is that? The ethical life. The ethical life. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Uh, in that course, there's a, a debate about which among the different schools, not the different schools in, the, uh, in Tibet, but the different schools coming out of uh, India. Okay, the different philosophical schools as to what is the nature of a vow, what is the nature of having promised to do something, okay. And actually before you take a, before you take a vow, the person who is supposed to give you the vow is supposed to examine you, examine your capacity to keep the vow. That's why in the Vinaya you, you, uh, you know, in the old uh, golden, golden days when someone came and asked for vows, uh, uh, the Buddha or whoever was going to be giving the vow would examine the person to see whether or not they can actually uh, keep the vow. And you probably, most of you have heard of the story of, uh, what was his name? Little Road. Remember Little Road? No, no, if you don't remember it. You have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> It was one of the dis direct disciples of the Buddha. You know, he had a brother. Guess what his brother's name was? Big Road. Big Road yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't called Little Road because he used to walk on big roads, or Little Road because well, never mind. We have to go into that story. But the one who was Little Road, uh, there was a big hesitation about uh, giving vows because the the preceptor. That's what they call him. The preceptor. That's the English word for that. The one who gives the vow, okay. Whatever. If, if that, 
if the word precepta is supposed to mean that, that's what, that, that's what it's supposed to mean. So the one is supposed to uh, give him the vow. He went from one disciple to the next, to the next, to the next. And because uh, the first disciple he went to uh, couldn't see whether or not this person is, uh, couldn't see that this person was able to keep the vow. So the person didn't give him the vow. And the next person was a bit higher and didn't give him the vow. But eventually, uh, the Buddha gave him the vow because the Buddha was the one who was able to see uh, that this person actually had the capacity to keep the vow. It was so, so, so small, so subtle, that only the Buddha was able to see it. Okay. So, what is this little thing that the, they were looking for? It is, it is this thing that is connected to what, uh, that allows you to be able to stay on the path and allows you to uh, advance, make, make advance on the path. Okay. Um, so that debate about whether it is form or whether it is formless, whether what nature it is, and so say it's, it's a kind of form that you cannot talk about, it's a kind of form that you don't see, things like that. I think uh, we may have a better word for it in the modern uh, new age, uh, what, what do we call it? Uh, I think it's connected with that that form of matter that we call aura. What the aura is made out of. What is the aura made out of anyway? Rainbows. Rainbows? <laughs> 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 with sugar on top. <laughs> yeah, usually it, you, you hear the word uh, rainbow connected to the aura, but that's like a... a I don't think it's made out of rainbows, <laughs> <laughs> but some on, some on the aura can appear like a, like a rainbow. <coughs> yes. uh, but I guess it, I don't know the same kind of material that rainbows are made out of. Well, not don't tell that to a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> but some whatever rainbows are made of, well, not rainbows, not rainbows. <laughs> whatever auras are, are made out of, that's what this uh, this substance is made out of this substance that the Buddha was looking for and the other disciples were looking for. And it's this substance that allows you to be able to stay on the path. Uh, or should I say, it determines how long you will stay on the path. Okay. So the strength of it will, will, will determine that. And also the strength of it will determine whether you, 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 will, make, uh, you will advance on the path. Okay. And it's connected to something that I... to, uh, to a, a a term, uh, uh, what uh, an idea, mm, uh, a subject matter <laughs> that, I'm, that I don't have to talk about, <laughs> especially uh, with Leon. It's Leon's favorite su subject, by the way. You know Leon? Never yes. mind. <laughs> it's the subject of faith. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess because of the, uh, my upbringing with, with religion and my upbringing with that word, I don't like it that much. Uh, but you keep hearing about it in, uh, in Buddhism, it's supposed to be one of the, uh, what's it called? It's a bunch of lists of things that are good. <laughs> and faith is among, uh, is one of them. What, which called, what's that list called? The, the Ten Virtuous. Um which is something, right, yeah. Uh, secondary <laughs> mental states, the ten virtuous secondary mental states. Yeah. What, what was that again? Semjun. Ten virtuous semjun. Semjun. The English one. The ten virtuous secondary mental states. states. <laughs> Did you hear that? Right. That's why I 
could have said. <laughs> the ten virtuous secondary mental states, <laughs> it's among one of those things. Uh, faith, faith is, is one of them. It's also, it's also uh, uh, in the list of things called the powers. Okay. What, uh, the things that you, uh, that you develop and that sustains your, your practice. Now, this faith thing is very elusive. But sometimes it seems to say, don't think. And at other times it says, uh, if you don't think, you, can, you, can't, you can't get it. By thinking, I mean, uh, uh, you arrive at faith through some sort of reasoning. And at, at other times it says, no, you're not, you're, you don't arrive at faith through reasoning. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to just have it. Something that just magically shows up in your mind. Okay. And when you think about magically showing up in your mind, you think about, uh, and then the, the sense of you're supposed to surrender. You're supposed to uh, accept things without, uh, without thinking. Okay. And of course, that, that part of faith, that, that part that's connected to faith, that's why I cringe a lot when I, when I say the word faith, because uh, uh, in my upbringing, that was mostly... Uh, the part of that was mostly the part about faith that I that I heard about that I read about. It's like you don't think, just accept it. Okay, and even even if it makes absolutely no sense to you, force yourself to accept it. So that was my experience with faith, and and when I come up with it, when it comes up again in Buddhism, ugh. Oh. So it had to it had to be re-explained to me in a way for me to actually say it without uh, to be even said in in a sentence. <laughs> now I'm actually talking about it. Not only am I talking about it, I'm saying it's essential. <laughs> it's, it's an essential element that allows you to, to continue on the path. It's more, it's more uh, uh, connected to that, that, uh, uh, that chapter in the Abhidharma that talks about food. Huh? What does food have to do with faith? <laughs> Okay, so when uh, in that section in the Abhidharma when it talks about food, it talks, it talks about nutrition. What is it that sustains someone? And it didn't, it didn't just say, you know, the, the, what is it called now? The pyramids? Food pyramid. Food pyramid. <laughs> it didn't just say, you know, give you uh, the eighth rendition of the food pyramid. Okay, no more vegetables here and a little bit of grain there, whether it should be organic or inorganic. <laughs> no, it talks about Food is just one of those things that's supposed to sustain you. Because you're not just made of flesh and blood. You also have a mind. You have emotions. And these things also need their... What's that word? Sustenance. sustenance. Thank you. They also need their sustenance. And uh, the more subtle... Uh, the sustenance... Well, I'm not going to say this. Uh, among the sustenances the more subtle one, the more you have of it, the less you are dependent on the, the, less, the less subtle ones. I think I just said it. Did you understand what I just said? <laughs> yep. Okay. So, um, two, uh, an example would be two people can uh, be, uh, uh, two people lost in a desert, let's say they have equal food in their stomach, or not, you know, exactly, you know, ounce per ounce, but you know, like equal 
whatever amount of food each one needs to sustain them for mm, how long does it take before you die from hunger? <laughs> well, whatever that length of time is supposed to be. <laughs> okay. So let's say they have enough until that, 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 that point of time. Okay. And then they get lost and they're in the desert, there's no food and there's no water. Okay. Now, you could say that, you could say, uh, as far as food is concerned, they're equal in what they have. But one of them is convinced that there's sustenance coming up. And the other one is completely, has completely lost all hopes. Okay. He's convinced that there's no sustenance coming, doom is coming. It's just a matter of time before it collapses and then dies. Okay. Now, one of them will actually make it out of the desert, and the other one will not make it out of the, the desert. I guess I, you already know which one makes it out of the desert. Okay. So, because the other one had hope, conviction, that the other one let me get out of the desert. No, I'm tricking you. <laughs> He's the one who made it out of the desert. So that's why it is said that the, the hope, the faith, is another kind of sustenance because it kept the person going. Okay? So when you get on the path and you get all excited and then you start practicing, you take all the initiations, you take all the commitments and then you feel gung-ho about it and you go home and you, you, you start reciting and you start uh, trying to understand and then the second day you know, you're still going and the third day you're still going after a week goes by you, you, you're wondering what <laughs> did you get yourself involved with <laughs> because you're not enlightened yet a whole month, a whole week has gone by and thoughts of discouragement starts to creep in. Now, this, what will allow the thoughts of discouragement to stay or to, to continue to uh, eat away at, at sustenance from you is the degree of uh, faith you have, the, uh, the conviction that you have. Okay. So, some days you find yourself not as enthused about, ah, oh, I gotta practice again. And some other days, you, you know, you just rush through it. You, know, you, you gotta do it because you know you're gonna look bad <laughs> when they ask you, "Did you practice?" And you wanna, you, you, you just the, the dread of saying, "I didn't practice." You just you know, you just don't wanna face that. So you practice for that, just for that. Okay. So you could say the energy that you felt before where you were all enthusiastic about practicing is, is sort of dwindling and you're barely you know, trying to uh, keep your practice alive. You, you're barely getting up uh, and sitting down to, to practice. Okay? And as you're practicing, you're not really focusing as much on the practice as, as you used to. Okay? You're focusing on other things that you think are more important. That project at work, uh, what you're going to have for dinner, uh, very important things like that. What movies are playing, okay? Which one have you seen already? Which one do you want to see again? These become very more and more important. Why are they more and more important? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that you consciously say that they are more important, 
that's too easy. Unconsciously you say they are more important. You find that the energy that you were, you were able to invest in sitting down and practicing is going towards the movies. When you hear your favorite actor or actress is, uh, is playing, all that energy comes back and you stand in line for an hour waiting to get the ticket in the cold and that's not even that's not even the enjoying the movie but you already spent an hour in the cold for, for, for it already and you, do, you don't even want to do 15 minutes of preliminaries <laughs> <laughs> and you sit down and all your energy is there and you're watching the movie and you're enjoying it okay so how is it that you're able to uh, have energy for that and not have energy for something that in your mind uh, consciously uh, at the service of your mind you say it's important you know practicing is important I'm going to be enlightened for the sake of all sentient beings unfulfilled expectations yes I mean you've been practicing for a whole month you're not enlightened yet all you have sore knees, sore back. In that, it's supposed to be blissful. But you just sit in the movie for one hour, you're enjoying it already. The movie's fulfilled its, uh, uh, what it promised. So, when the thing is, in your mind, when you are aware of that, I am being fulfilled by this movie. Your mind is taking notes. Oh, okay, the movie is important. And when you sit down and your expectation for the practice that I, when I get up I should be enlightened, I should be in bliss, I should know everything. And you get up, you don't know anything. As a matter of fact, you might get up being more confused than when you sat down. <laughs> and so the mind is saying, oh, this is not important. If this doesn't fulfill its objective. Okay, so unconsciously it's becoming less important. So, whatever unconscious mechanism that's working in your mind is okay. Let's let's take away energy from that, the energy that of, of the enthusiasm. Let's take it away from that. Let's bring it to the more important stuff: movie, the dinner. Okay, and it's because you saw yourself being fulfilled. So, when you're doing your practice, don't let, I'm going to be enlightened in the next moment, and don't look for signs of enlightenment as the, the, what will fulfill you for that practice. There are, I can use that, there are infinite, infinite uh, results along the way to enlightenment. Allow yourself to be aware of these things. And your mind will find fulfillment in those, I don't want to use the word little, but if you're going to compare it to enlightenment, well, let's, you can use that, okay, just for comparison's sake, between enlightenment and not enlightened stuff. So, so those, all those things that you experience, all those little things, become very fulfilling for you. Because you, what do you see? You see a result from sitting down. And when you see a result from sitting down, then this, this strengthens the enthusiasm that you had before when you, when you first sit down. Yes, 
you will, there will be pain, there will be mental pain, there will be physical pain. When you are aware of those things, you have to balance it with awareness of other things that are going on. And if you are waiting for just flashes of light to be the only sign that you're doing something uh, worthwhile, then when flashes of light don't happen, then you're going to, within, deep within you, you're going to be convinced that this thing is not working. Okay. Uh, this, um, I guess we didn't give it a name, but this thing that the Buddha saw that, that the aura is made out of, <laughs> that, that sustains the practice, is a uh, unfortunately you get it through a catch-22 uh, phenomenon. <laughs> when you sit down to practice and you feel some sense of fulfillment, it nourishes it. That's where you get the the energy, enthusiasm to practice the next time. And then once this, once this helps you to achieve your very first big realization. The, the very first big realization is you sit every day and you look forward to sitting the next day. That's the very big realization. And this takes work. It doesn't just happen. Uh, it's not just uh, something that, you know, you go to the market and you buy, you know, get a pill or, or you get a wong. Know, initiation from some great Lama and boom, you get it. Okay, that's not how you get it. It comes from, you have, first you have conviction, you sit down and you practice, and you see something, you allow your mind to see the, you know, okay, the, the little rewards. And this makes you sit down. And the very habit of sitting down, sitting down, it, it builds up the momentum. And this momentum, gives you the strength to continue even, mm, even though it's impossible but let's say on those days where you are so distracted you were not able to aware, be aware of the little advancement that you were making for that day okay? even if those moments happen to stretch into I don't want to scare you okay let's just say a day <laughs> a two, okay, is that enough? okay <laughs> a few days <laughs> A few days go by and you are so distracted you are not able to be aware of those little fulfillments. Okay? And instead of that perception of not seeing those fulfillments, instead of that uh, draining or taking away energy from you, because of the momentum that you've developed, the momentum keeps you going. Okay? So every once in a while you have to sustain this. Just like the body needs sustenance, the body, you know, you, you, you don't just eat once and then for the rest of, for as long as you have the body, you know, the food takes care of you. You have to replenish your body. So in the same way, you have to replenish this <coughs> faith. <laughs> you have to replenish it, okay? And how do you replenish it? How do you replenish faith? Fulfill expectations. Fulfill expectations. <laughs> So it's, that's the cash swing to kind of thing. But the, the, what, uh, what, the jump start for faith is 
look at what you're looking for. look at what you are going after can have a very open mind about it gain uh, gain uh, uncontrived that's nice that nice word gain, gain an uncontrived conviction about its existence okay don't let enlightenment be like you know uh, when we were very when we were childish spiritually uh, whatever the goal of, 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 of spirituality was supposed to be you just took it because you were told that it exists okay don't let enlightenment be that okay let it be something that you can reasonably prove to yourself exists okay and from that that's, that's how you crank start conviction that's how you crank start faith okay. now within this there's a little uh, uh, something that is being mm, okay here it is it's all connected now it's that little jumble thing that I have in my mind that thank God you didn't see it <laughs> so <I'm> <laughs> okay uh, a, pra a practical practice for you to do to help that to help you uh, either uh, strengthen that thing that the Buddha saw that that you're already made out of that seed It begins with, it's very important, and it is deteriorated by <laughs> your ability to keep your word. Yeah. When there are a uh, couple of things are happening when you're in, a, in, the, in the presence of someone and then you are taking on a, commi a, a commitment that can be heard that you're taking it is that you are seeing yourself being witnessed and at the same time the level of your conviction in the commitment that you're taking you could sit down in front of someone and and repeat and seem, it seems like you're, you're taking refuge for example but deep within you you have no conviction that these three things called the three jewels have any existence you may repeat the words and you say okay I'll promise to do this I'll promise to do that in, in connection with the, with the three jewels but you don't really have a vow you have what looks like a vow but you don't really have a vow. So all these things must come in, 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 uh, together. So when, when it's not a real vow like that, then you will find yourself swaying in keeping them and not keeping them. And then if you're someone who's uh, easily brought to guilt, then if some, there's a good side to guilt and a bad side to guilt. If the guilt helps you either get a grip on yourself and then do what you know you're supposed to be doing 
either go to that person and say, sorry, I'm tr I try to keep them, I can't keep them, take them back. Or to find yourself say, ah, this is good for me. Why is it good for me? There's, it's connected with this, it's connected with that. And then you convince yourself, okay, yeah, okay, I should keep these because I see how it's going to benefit me. Okay. Either you do that, either you do one of those things. Okay. But until all those things are together, the witnessing of yourself, taking, taking on the commitment, and your conviction in, the, uh, in, in, in the why you're taking on those commitments, when they come together, then you have a vow. So that's what I'm calling a word. Okay? And it doesn't have to be something as, as seemingly humongous as, you know, going in front of some holy, pe holy person or not so holy person and then and participating in some sort of group thing of taking a... It doesn't have to be something like that. So it can be something as simple as, you know, talking with your friend and say, I'm going to do this. You're witnessing yourself making a commitment. You just took a bow. And if you fulfill that, and there, and, and, and there are two ways of fulfilling it, okay? It doesn't have to be that, you know, okay, I promise, you know, if you were drunk or something, I don't know, well, that doesn't have to be that extreme. <laughs> Uh, you were not completely in your right mind, okay? Either you didn't take it through. Okay, all right. I, I promise I'll put the right poison in your in your in your milk tomorrow. Okay. And, when, and you went back and you went. What did I promise? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was stupid. I'm not, not, not going to do it. You have a vow that you didn't fulfill. Okay, it's a stupid one. <laughs> you have a vow that you didn't fulfill. The way for it not to have a negative impact on you, you have to contact with that person. Just like you took that vow with that whatever, you know, I promise to do 100,000 prostrations before the sun sets, or something like that. And it's just impossible to do. You don't just not do it. You have to go to the one who witnessed you, or the one that you witnessed, witnessing, witnessing you witnessing it. Did I confuse you? <laughs> no? That's right. <laughs> so you have to go and, and, and sort of uh, take it back or uh, bring it back, okay? You have to see yourself take it back. And this will, and what is this doing? This is strengthening something, your capacity to keep your practice. It is giving you uh, what you probably have witnessed in others, this tireless effort. It, it becomes one day tireless, unconscious effort. So, watch what you say. Especially when you're saying, I'm going to do this. And the witness, sorry, doesn't have to be someone else. It could be yourself. Don't tell yourself, I'm going to do this. And then just... Oh, I, I told myself, yeah, not to, I don't have to keep it. And you completely dismiss it. What, is this, what this is doing is draining that power <coughs> and you don't fulfill it. And then when you fulfill it, it strengthens that, that power. So in good old days, 
good olden days when before you took a vow with someone, that person looked in, into your whatever and saw whether or not you were able to, to keep that vow. That's what they were looking for. Okay. And it is that thing that will determine whether or not you're going to be successful on the path. So, don't make grand. Gwen, ah, it's also your French word, I can it. <laughs> Grandiose <laughs> word, uh, 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 promises to yourself and not keep them. Just like Master Shantideva said, start with peas and carrots. Start with stuff that you're able to keep and then witness yourself keeping it and that will strengthen it. And I don't think I'm. I don't think I've directly, I don't think I've pointed enough to exactly what, um, what's in my mind. You may experience it, ah, there it is. Christianity has beautiful language, it helps us with that. At the point of temptation, when a situation or event comes where you feel pulled to do what you prom promise not to do. What is it that will help you not do it? It is this thing that I'm pointing to. Okay? Like, okay, I, I uh, you got so enthusiastic about when you took your whatever commitment vows and you say, I will get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, no matter what, even if I will go to sleep at 3.59. <laughs> I will wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I will do, uh, uh, do a whole mala of Vajrasadva, a whole mala of reciting this and that. Okay? And guess what happens? Those days come when you are going to bed and it's 3.59. And to yourself, oh, that was foolish. I don't have to keep that promise. <laughs> okay. You're witnessing yourself not keeping a promise. And what you're doing is you're saying, oh, don't invest energy in this, in this kind of thing. Right. Now, if you were foolish enough to make such a, a vow, And you have to be so technical with the fine print at exactly. Even if it's 3.59, I go to bed. I would wait about 4 o'clock in the morning to do my practice. You could have just said 4 o'clock in the morning. Or you could just say, in the morning. <laughs> you, you recovered in uh, so many different ways, but you have to be so detailed in the fine print. Okay. And the, t the event comes that Christianity called temptation. What will give you the strength to go to bed at 3.59 and actually wake up at 4 o'clock. This thing that we're talking about. Okay? That's the catch 22 kind of phenomenon. You, 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 what is it? You make a word? No, you don't make a word. Keep, keep a word. Keep a word? Keep a is, what's before that? Yeah. Give a word. Give a word, yeah. You give a word and you keep, and what is it? Keep, give it. Keep promise. Keep promise, yeah. You give it and you keep it. Keep it. Okay? And again, consider that to be a very big practice. I never tried that before, but 
when I was you know, way, way back then, uh, I was sort of interested, interested in all kinds of stuff, mystical and things like that. I used to read all those strange books, especially I was interested in mental powers, you know, telekinesis and things like that. And there was one book I remember that said, <laughs> develop a, a, a practice. Did I ever start that? No, no, I never did. Develop a practice so you're able to move objects with your mind. Every day, put this thing on the table <laughs> and then go in front of it and then set it, tell it to move. <laughs> okay? <laughs> And eventually, one day you will be in front of it and you'll say, move, and it will move. I never tried it, so I don't know if it works or not. So, I mean, where am I bring this up? What was I talking about? Keep the words? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, is it connected what I'm saying? <laughs> so, if the Shanti Deva practice of, of uh, start with, uh, not practice, Shanti Deva uh, advice, start with peas and carrots, okay? So, I think it's connected, but I don't see the connection now. But uh, start with, when you, when, you, uh, when you give a word to yourself, I will do, don't, don't go, you know, okay, I will, you know, stuff that you didn't examine whether or not you have the capacity to do. Promise those things that you know you have the capacity to do, see yourself doing them, and that will give you the, the strength of that seed, okay? So that when you promise to do those big things, you will find yourself have, have the strength to actually carry them out. What, what if you never give a word? Never give? You do anything. Oh, the, the thing is, you do that every day. The giving a word is not necessarily in a formal setting with somebody, you know, dressing robes and and there's a lot of beautiful decoration around and people around, you know, people with flowers and things like that, and, and you go to this ceremony, exchange words. It doesn't necessarily have to be like that. So making a plan. Is yeah, plan. even in making a plan. Yeah. It's when you make the conclusion, I will do. That's, you just give a word. Okay. So examine yourself to see what, how many times you, you, you've done this. Okay. That might explain why sometimes you find yourself lacking energy to do something that you want to do. <laughs> to do something that you promise to do. Because you've developed the habit of not keeping your promises. You told your mind it's not important to direct energy towards that. Now, there are some more elaborate reasons, some more mystical reasons. Maybe there's a part two to this talk. <laughs> and we might get to those, okay? But I always remember uh, uh, the first time the Buddha taught and what happened to the first person who actually listened to, to the teaching and what happened to the teaching afterwards and how soon after the Buddha says something that person reached enlightenment. Okay. The way I interpret it, completely my interpretation, is that the first time 
that's where everything is that you need. But because of the filter or because of our misunderstanding or lack of understanding, it doesn't hit us the way it should. So, <laughs> I said, completely my understanding, okay. Ah. The ego is not impressed. So to impress the ego, the teaching is elaborated. You know, puts a lot of flowers around it, a lot of beautiful words, especially the words, this is the most important thing in the world. In order for you to listen to a teaching, it must be preceded by these words. Sure. Never heard before, discovered from the cave of Milarepa, it was, it was unburied, was buried in three layers of dimensions. <laughs> now for the first time you're going to hear it. So, all that is just to, to, to tell the ego, sit down, <laughs> teaching is about to come, and, and, and when the ego buys that and says, okay, and you listen with, with, with great enthusiasm, okay. So, <laughs> there will be a second part with lots of bells and whistles. <laughs> okay. And there will be exotic words like karma and emptiness and ultimate nature. Things like that. <laughs> okay? And just like that book said, <laughs> there is a reason for that book. I don't know if it's the reason, but there's a use for it. Just like that book said, when I read it way back then, every, every day put that I don't know, glass or something on that table and then go to it and say, move, move, move. And then with the habit, eventually will move. So in the same, <laughs> with the same way, so try it out. Watch yourself, make a word, give a word, give a word, and then watch yourself, keep it. Okay? And deliberately sometimes make, uh, give a word. Like right now, I'm going to move my right hand to the right. I just kept my word. <laughs> hey, don't knock it. That was a very powerful thing I just did. <laughs> now, I'll be able to practice. <laughs> okay? Alright, so... Forget about that thing about you know, elaboration, bells and whistles. Okay. Yeah. I was just joking. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, finish the meditation. So if you can simply recall, as vividly as you can, the state of the meditation, you left it, as you left it before the talk, do so and let that very vividness infuse your present state. Let it infuse your body, 
your breath, your mind. As soon as you get the slightest taste of that state, help stabilize it by simply observing five cycles of breath. Bring your awareness back to that presence in front of you, your infallible guide, and bright presence. See it as the very answer, the very state of being that you're looking for. now to the crown of your head until you feel the same palpable physical sensation you felt at the forehead now at the crown of the head and build up the momentum the conviction the determination the state of being you're looking for the answer you're looking for is that very physical presence above your head.
once you've achieved stability in that con the conviction, in that sensation, now strongly wishing, you strongly wish to merge with that answer, with that state of being. Stay observing the afternoon. What happens as a result of that?
staying, observing the state of the breath meditation, the state of your mind, without disturbing that state. Now let your heart go out, let it embrace all beings. strong wishes for their happiness, strong wishes for them to not experience whatever pain, whatever difficulty they're experiencing. At the very peace, the very sense of tranquility you're experiencing, let it go out to them. Let it bring them the happiness they seek, the clarity they seek. Let it remove the suffering and the problems that they are experiencing. Dedicate the power of tonight to the achievement of your ultimate goal. back to the breath. And let the awareness of the breath bring you awareness back of the body, body of flesh and blood.
quickly address something um, may seem to contradict everything I've just said. <laughs> Sometimes you do see someone who doesn't seem to be put to put much effort in their practice, and yet they're having incredible results. At least they say they're having incredible <laughs> results. What's this got to do with everything I just said? Well, that means that person has done an extraordinary job in former lives with this practice. And now they're just reaping the results of it. It has become, it has taken on life on its own. It has taken on its own momentum. So those people are reaping the results of incredible work. Maybe some of you are like that. <laughs> uh, all right, that was it. Thank you. <laughs>